Well, good morning. Let me pray for us as we begin. Father, we thank you for the truth and the hope of this season. We thank you for this time where we think about the celebration of your son Jesus and his birth and his life. We thank you for the hope that your son came and promises to come again. And I pray that hope and that truth will help us be present with you now in whatever space we're in in faith, whatever thoughts and mind and heart and our bodies, how we feel. Lord, thank you that you are here and you want us to be here and you love us and you speak to us through your word. In your name, amen. So this past Thanksgiving weekend, my immediate family was all together again. Emily, my oldest, was back from college. My three other kids were off for the Thanksgiving break, and we decided as a family to start the holiday season off by going downtown to the Kris Kringle Market. We thought it would be fun to go down there and get our traditional boot we get every year, to kind of have to fight through the crowds, which is tradition, and to see the beautiful lights of our city. We also thought since we're already going to be downtown, we were going to go and check out the brand new Starbucks, the world's largest Starbucks on Michigan Avenue. We thought this is a good way for us to start the holiday season. So we as a family went down and I was excited. I couldn't wait to just enjoy this evening together. We got to the market and the market was closed. There had been heavy winds that day and they shut down the market and so we were sad and a little surprised. But I thought, well, it's not as good as the market, but at least we'll get to experience this brand new Starbucks together as a family. So we got to the Starbucks and the line was out the door around the block, there was no way we were getting in. My expectations for this family gathering, this family event was not met at all. But I thought the good thing is the next day we were gonna decorate our house and decorate our tree and at least that would be awesome. And it was a fun time, but one of my kids wasn't feeling that well and I spent the whole time trying to fix one of my kids' phones that I missed the whole tree being decorated. I had this great expectation for this magical family moment, and I was one of the main causes for this not to happen. The expectations I had to start the holiday season were not met at all, and I will admit, I'm someone who usually has high expectations when it comes to holidays and family vacations and gatherings together with friends and family. And so I decided this holiday season I would have no expectations at all. I decided that I would not be excited, I would not have any hope, I would not even care about what's going on this season, so I would not be let down. That didn't last too long in my heart. And I share all this before I read this passage we're to look at today, because today we're about to read about two people that didn't just get their expectations met, but they were exceeded greatly. Luke, in his gospel about Jesus, gives us a beautiful story of these two people, Simeon and Anna, who had their expectations exceeded beyond the promised coming Messiah. Today, we get to see in this story a beautiful picture of two people who experienced and understood the beauty and the joy and the significance of the birth of Jesus. So we're going to look at Luke 2 together, starting in verse 21, and you can follow along in a Bible or in your order of worship, or you could just listen as I read. Luke 2, verse 21. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, 
the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what it was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not taste death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to the people, your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is to be appointed for fall of rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanu from the tribe of Asher, She was advanced in eight years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer day and night. And coming on the very hour, she began to give thanks to God, to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is God's word, and it is given to us for our good. So let me ask you, did this season of Advent fly by for you at all? Did you maybe make promises this year that you would be more reflective this season of the year? And did you keep those promises? Did the season of Advent help you see and long for and experience the coming of Jesus? I hope you're able to answer yes to those questions. I know I can't. I once again missed an opportunity this season to be more intentional about appreciating the significance of Advent. The season of the year, Advent, we just finished up, is good for us to not only reflect upon what Jesus did when he came, but to have hope that he is coming again. This season is a very important time for us to reflect upon the hope of salvation But honestly, often many of us miss the true significance of the season we just finished up. Missing the significance of something made me think about one of my favorite illustrations during this time of the year that comes from an online story I read a few years ago about the classic Christmas special, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Hopefully you know that classic cartoon of the season with Rudolph, the abominable snowman, Yukon Cornelius, and the elf that wants to be a dentist. Well, when the show finished up its filming in 1964, the puppets that were used for the show were put into a closet. A few years later, these puppets were about to be thrown out, and a secretary of the company asked if she could take the puppets home to her kids. For years, her kids played with them each Christmas. No one thought they were worth anything. Eventually, many of the puppets got destroyed or damaged, 
And they were boxed up into an attic for years. And then 2004 came, and that was the 40th anniversary of this cartoon. And one of the grown sons of the secretary realized he might have something of value up in his attic. Some of these puppets have now been restored, and they make the rounds at various conventions and Christmas celebrations. I actually read this week that in 2017, someone was trying to sell these puppets for $10 million on eBay. These famous puppets from a popular TV show were treated with no respect, as if they had no value for years. I'm sure many of the people who worked in the original production company are kicking themselves for the opportunity that they lost. Year after year, these puppets were treated with no respect and value. And let's be honest, year after year, many of us miss the true meaning of Advent. Year after year, the true meaning of Christmas does not get the respect and the value that it deserves. Family gatherings, which are wonderful, good food, and hanging out with friends, which is awesome, sometimes causes us to miss the significance of this season. Busyness, consumerism, exhaustion, family tension, and much more causes many of us to miss the value of this season. And so what I love about our passage that I just read is we have two people who did not miss the value of what Christmas is all about. Two people who held out hope for the coming of Christ and were given a great honor to participate in the birth of the Savior of the world. And I think it is good for us to reflect upon this passage a few days after Christmas. Because what Simeon and Anna saw and believed is very real for you and I today. The true meaning of Christmas should not be what we celebrate only one day a year. The true meaning and the significance of Christmas is not something we celebrate just a few Sundays in a year. But the birth is real and powerful throughout our lives to impact us if we let it. This morning we're going to look at the account of Simeon and Anna. And for time's sake, I'm going to mostly center on the interaction between Simeon and Mary and Joseph. But you can see in this account in Luke, there are obvious parallels between the two. Both Simeon and Anna are commended for their worship and piety. Both Simeon and Anna are clearly devoted to God. Both of them were waiting for the coming of redemption. And both had faith that God would do what he promised to do. And both Simeon and Anna were given responses of praise to God for what he has done in this child. Luke has basically given us the male and the female counterparts that represent expected Israel for the recognition of Jesus' plan in the redemption of the world by God. Simeon and Anna give us a great picture of what it looks like to recognize Jesus. And we need this picture today, brothers and sisters. Whether you have been a follower of Jesus your whole life, or you're still trying to figure out this faith thing, all of us can and should grow in our understanding of who Jesus is and where is his place in God's redemptive plan. So our story today begins with Mary and Joseph going into the temple with little baby Jesus. Now throughout Jesus' life, many significant events happen in the temple. The temple is significant because it's the locus of God's presence. It is the meeting place between the divine and human. <clears throat> And it is this temple 
that we get to meet this eight-day-old child and we get to hear about God's purposes for him. It is in this temple that we find Simeon and Anna waiting for this child. First, we read about Simeon. He's a man open to God's visitation, and it says he's waiting in the temple day after day. And what does Luke say that he is waiting for? Well, Luke says he's waiting for the consolation of Israel, meaning he is waiting for the Messiah. He is waiting for the promised comforter. He is waiting for the one who is to come alongside and console those in needs of trial and tribulation. That is what the consolation of Israel was all about. Simeon was waiting for God to deliver his people. Simeon was waiting for the restoration of Israel under the reign of God. Simeon was like many before him. The Old Testament is full of people that are longing for God to come and do what he promised to do. To come as our comforter and our defender. In verse 26, it says Simeon was promised he would not die before he saw the comforter. I wonder how long it had been since he was given this promise. Days, weeks, months, years. You wonder if he told anyone about these promised that were given to him. I wonder if his friends teased him at all. If the temple priest dismissed his vision as a crazy dream of an old man. Yet Simeon did not lose hope. Simeon was convinced that God would not break his promise. And then came that day. A day like any other day for Simeon. He went into the temple that was his routine to pray and to wait. Then everything changed when that couple walked into the temple carrying that little child. At long last, the waiting was over. The doubts were erased and the promise fulfilled. The consolation of Israel had come and Simeon got to witness it with his own eyes. So two things came to my mind as I reflected upon what would be our application to this part of the story today. And the first thing that I thought about is the amazing truth that today, right now, every single one of us in this room is offered this comforter in our lives. We have a protector in our lives. We have a defender in our lives. We have one who comes alongside us in our needs and defends and protects us. Now, if you're like me, we often don't live like this is true. We often forget the promises that God is with us right now. We forget or don't feel that God is here to comfort and protect us. We forget that God keeps his promises to us. There are many promises of God that I could point to that the scriptures say he keeps. But let's just think about some promises related to some of the struggles that some of us face during this season. Some of us are lonely during this season. Some of you right now, I know, feel like no one is really there for you. This is a very hard time of the year for many people, and I'm Sure, some of you are in that category. Loneliness, rejection, pain is very real. Some of you right now feel like you're barely holding on. And you're wondering if 2020 is anything like 2019, you don't think you're going to be able to make it. 
the pain is real. And I can't just give you a quick answer that says it'll go away in 2020. I can't make promises that everything will be fine as long as you believe a little more. I can't make promises to you that if you do more things for God, he will promise to be there for you and help you in your struggle. That is not what scripture says, so I cannot tell you that. But what scripture does say is God promises to never leave us or forsake us. What scripture does say is that God is with us right now, even though there are times when we don't feel it. We don't experience it. It is hard at times, but I just want to promise you that if we believe the Bible to be true, then God is present with you, whatever you're going through right now. Some of us struggle at this time with indulging ourselves too much during this season. Our habits, our struggles, maybe even our sins seem too powerful for us. And some of us have given up trying. Some of us have failed so many times that we feel like it's not even worth going to God again and asking for help. Some of us are sick of the fact that every time we confess our sin here on Sunday morning, we confess the same thing, and we don't seem to get any better. And struggling against sin and temptation is hard, and we all struggle with it. But if the scriptures are to be believed... God says he will provide a way out for us when we face temptations. And I don't often believe that, and I don't often claim that promise. But I want to encourage all of us today that even if we don't believe that to be true, it is true. God promises to be with us and to help us in whatever struggle or temptation that you are facing. God is bigger than your sin and bigger than that temptation. And may we believe it just a little bit to help us believe the gospel, to fight against the sins that we face often. Some of us are angry at God right now. Some of us are frustrated with life. We're frustrated with our family. We're frustrated with our country. We're frustrated with what people say online. We're overwhelmed with the pain and the struggle and the hurt in our world. Some of us feel hurt and damaged right now. Some of us are hurt and damaged right now. Some of you have deep wounds that hurt all the time. And the promise that God makes is that he is with us in those pain. And he allows us to come to him and question and cry out and lament how hard it is right now. God promises he is big enough to hear our struggles and our pain and our doubts and our questions. And God also promises that he doesn't just stand afar in our struggles. He joins us with us in our struggles. I could go on and on and on. The hope of this passage that Simeon experienced, it is our hope as well. The promised comfort of God is the first application that I hope we can just grasp a little bit this morning. And the second thing that came to my mind as I read this passage a few times this week is Simeon and Anna waited for a long time for this child. And I thought, what am I waiting for? And then I thought, actually, what have I given up waiting on? Because it's been too long. Waiting is hard. Whether it's waiting for the results from the doctor, waiting for the pain to go away, or waiting for an answer to prayer. Waiting is hard. And in our story, we have two people that were waiting a long time. I mean, think about Anna. The way Luke writes it, we're not sure. She was either in the temple for about 70 years, 
or maybe 84 years, depending on how you read what he says. But she's in the temple day after day after day after day for years and years and years waiting. And I can't even wait a few months if God hasn't given me what I expect he should give me. I can think of a few things right now that I'm ready to give up on because it's been too long, and maybe you can as well. And I'm sure as we end the year and think about the next year, there are things that we've been waiting for this year that have not come true. For some of you, maybe it's a new job or clarity about what God is doing in your career. Maybe some of you are longing for a relationship. Or you want that relationship that is so broken to either be fixed or to not be so painful. Maybe you want the pain, the depression, the anxiety to go away. Maybe you've been waiting for God to show up. Maybe you wouldn't call yourself a Christian and this year you've been trying to see if he actually is real and you don't feel it. You don't hear him. Maybe you're a believer and you would say the same thing right now. You haven't heard God in a long time. You haven't felt something from God in years. And many of us have given up hope and stopped waiting. So how does hearing a story about Simeon and Anna waiting give us any hope in our waiting? Does this little baby that Simeon gets to hold up and celebrate give us any hope today? Yes. Because the God who promised and gave us his son has never broken a promise to us. And this story of the promised baby found in the temple is our story as well to cling to and have hope with. It doesn't stop the fact that waiting is hard. It doesn't stop the fact that some of the things you're longing for might not come true this year. But may we believe that God does keep his promises. And may we give praise to God for those things we do see that God has kept. And what is it about this child that Simeon was so amazed with? What did he celebrate and praise God for? Well, listen again to verses 29 and 32. He takes baby Jesus in his hands. He lifts baby Jesus in the air. And he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Historians believe that these verses were actually put to music and sung in congregations very early on in the church. These are verses to chew upon. We could spend hours talking about these verses. And what is the main point of salvation that is celebrated by Simeon? That a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Now think about what is so amazing about what Simeon just said. Simeon was a Jew. He was part of God's chosen nation. He was the son of Abraham. He was a chosen son of God. He was the people of Israel that the Old Testament talks about. And yet salvation was never intended to be a private relationship with God and Israel. God always intended for salvation to extend to the deep and to the wide. Simeon in our passage acknowledges and worships the amazing truth that God's salvation is offered to everyone. To the Jews, to the Gentiles, to anyone that believes God provides salvation. 
This song of Simeon, this song of salvation is not inclusive to a certain type of people who have all their stuff together or have all their theology right. This song of salvation is offered to everyone, even to those people we don't like or we don't agree with. This song of salvation is a light of revelation to anyone who believes. So as we enter into this new year, may we ask God to sing this song of salvation to our hearts. May we celebrate that the light of revelation comes to everyone who doesn't deserve it. That's everyone in this room right here. And we should ask God to show us how deep and how wide and how long is his love for us and his salvation offered to us. And some of us need to confess our arrogance and our judgmental attitudes we have towards people we think we're better than or more worthy of God's love than. Some of us need to be faithfully praying for those who do not know the song of salvation. We should ask God to open our eyes to see in faith the light shining in the hearts of everyone. May we be a church that believes that this salvation is offered to everyone. Okay, before I wrap up this sermon, I want to address one more thing in this passage. There is joy and celebration in this passage for sure. There is hope and promises fulfilled in this passage for sure. But there is also deep pain and suffering in this passage. Mary is told by Simeon that a sword would pierce her soul. Now we know what that looked like for Mary. She watched her son be humiliated and made fun of and misunderstood throughout his life. Mary watched her own son carry his cross through the streets of Jerusalem to his death. Mary was there when he was mocked and beaten and spit upon. And Mary was there when her son took his last breath. Mary would know deep pain in her life. And not only that, but Simeon says the child is destined to be the rising and the falling of many in Israel. And what that reality means is that God's purposes are not going to be universally supported. The reality is God offers his light and salvation to everyone, but the sad, painful thing is not everyone accepts it or believes it. People turn away from God and what he offers in his son all the time. And God knew that his offer of light and salvation would be rejected by many. Jesus knew that if he were to come to this earth as a man, he would suffer and die in great humiliation. And yet both of them were willing to do this for us. God sent his son into the world that he knew would reject his son in order to offer us hope and salvation. We miss the true meaning of Christmas if we do not see the pain and the suffering of what happened to this little baby when he grew up because of you and me. We miss the true story of Christmas if we do not understand that the promised child in the manger came to die. There is deep pain and suffering in the story of Christmas, but it is what gives us hope and peace and joy. There's a Christmas song by an artist named Chris Rice that has these words about Jesus as a little baby that I love. It's one of my favorite lines in a Christmas song. 
He says, fragile finger sent to heal us. Tender brow prepared for thorn. Tiny heart whose blood will save us. Unto us is born. Unto us is born. What child is this that we celebrated this week? It is the Christ, the King, who came to die for our sins and give us salvation. May we believe it and may we live out this truth with our lives. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for the hope of salvation. We thank you for what we just celebrated this week. And as we enter into this Christmas tide of the church season, these 12 days of Christmas, that we can reflect upon all the good gifts that you have given us in your Son. And ultimately, we may believe and rest in the true gift of salvation that was offered to all through the work of your Son on the cross. In your holy name, amen. Will you please stand?